This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. A good start would be for you to introduce yourself and uh, who you are, what you do. Certainly. I'm Bart Leahy. I am a technical writer, uh, freelance technical writer operating out of Orlando, Florida. I've had a career that's spanned uh, Walt Disney World, the Department of Defense, U.S. Department of Defense, NASA, and then I've worked for several small businesses. I'm currently doing training and development writing and editing for uh, Nissan, and I'm doing technical and proposal document editing and writing for a large space organization. So when it comes to describing to people what you do, how do you describe what you do? The one sentence shorthand is I translate engineerish into English. I've been kind of a, a utility player as a technical writer. I've been My primary sources of income right now are training and development, uh, instructional design, engineering documents, reviewing and editing, and then uh, proposal writing, which is those are the three things I do the most of. And you worked for NASA or at NASA as well? I was a NASA contractor, so um, as opposed to a civil servant, a government employee. Yeah, I worked at Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama for six years. And then I worked for a small engineering firm that supported NASA. It's still in Huntsville, but off of the uh, center property for another year after that. That must have been, enjoy- been enjoyable. Yeah, it was. I, I, really, I, work, I was working in uh, human spaceflight. At the time, it was Constellation program, uh, the area launch vehicles. And then they got that program got canceled, and then I got moved elsewhere in, the, in NASA. And then they brought back the human spaceflight program, and I was working for the space launch system, the new rocket that they're building now. Moved around NASA a little bit, and then I actually did, I, I just thought about it, I did some work for NASA headquarters. After I left Huntsville, I did some work for NASA headquarters in Washington, D.C. So I've touched quite a few of the centers or the, the agency along the years. And are you a native Floridian, or have you moved into Florida from somewhere else? Uh, Illinois, originally. Um, I've, I've lived, I lived here uh, right after I graduated college. I moved here to uh, get away from the snow in Chicago, and I uh, spent 12 years here working for Walt Disney World. And then I moved around, you know, Washington, D.C., and Huntsville, and I came back here. So you've written a book called Heroic Technical Writing. So it would be of interest to find out, I guess, at the start, who it's aimed at. I wrote the book. It's actually, originally, it was kind of like, the, it was based on the blog I write with the same name, Heroic Technical Writing. And it was written for aspiring students, really young professionals or young students who don't quite, maybe usually liberal arts majors like myself, who didn't quite know what they wanted to do with themselves, but discovered that technical writing is a really great way to make a living. My blog bears this out. My blog sets bear this out. My primary audiences are either in the 18 to 34 range. And do you get much feedback from that that audience from your blog? It's interesting. I got a lot of questions, uh, especially career questions. How do I get a job doing this? Or um, how do I handle a specific type of work situation? Those have been my usual questions uh, as far as getting a feedback. That would be about the only messages I really get from my audience. But yes, I do. I do get, I am hitting the target audience, which is nice. Hmm. And heroic. Why did you pick heroic? And how do you define what heroic means? Well, I'm a comic book fan from years ago. And also, I'll say Ayn Rand, and then I'll leave it at that. I'm not an Ayn Rand worshipper or anything. But what I do 
I read a book of hers called The Romantic Manifesto, which talked about heroic characters, heroes of you know, heroes of stories being people who can value what they stand for and are willing to do what it takes to win the day, to achieve their goals. So I like that idea of being of writing heroically, of writing in a way that helps, like for instance, I'm a proposal writer a lot of the time. So writing well enough that my customers' ideas win the day and they win the proposal. That's that's sort of where that comes from. I like to think of that mindset in my daily living, my what I'm working as far as pursuing being a hero in my own mind, taking the actions necessary to achieve my own personal goals, whether they be professional or personal. I did, the goal is to try to think heroically and act heroically in some fashion. So really try to not wear a cape when I write, though I do have a, a writer with a cape on on the cover. <laughs> it's aimed at young English majors. I know it's a different setup in America to the UK in terms of what education opportunities there are in technical writing, what courses are available. How does it split? Are, are most technical writers in the States from humanities side or are they from a science background? You know, it's really, it's interesting. Um, I, I did it the hard way. I got a, an English literature degree in my first four-year bachelor degree since university. And I spent 10 years in the uh, in the retail and hospitality businesses before I finally went back to get a master's degree when I was in my upper 20s, early 30s in technical writing specifically. So I didn't necessarily have to do that, but I wanted, I was interviewing with large aerospace companies in the in the Space Coast area. And I was, they really were looking at me going, you don't have any, you know, what, what credentials do you have that would lead us to want to hire you? When you've got an English lit degree and you've been working in the tourism business for 10 years. So I got myself the degree. Originally, I actually was pursuing a, a second bachelor's in engineering, and I was really struggling with it because I wasn't enjoying it. And somebody said, you know, you can get a master's degree in technical writing and there's no math. And I'm like, aha. I ended up master's degree getting into, which got me the credential that you know, the defense contractor took me seriously and hired me. And from there, I was able to get a job at NASA. So where did you study your master's? Uh, University of Central Florida here in Orlando. They've got a really oh, good okay. program. Right. Because there's one at Huntsville in Alabama as well. Uh, they've got a podcast on technical writing. Oh, yeah. Ryan Weber. Um, I'm, I, worked, right, I, yeah. I taught a semester of uh, business writing at UAH, actually, and Ryan was my boss. So, yeah. The book, Heroic Technical Writing. What's it about and what topics have you covered in the book? Let's see, can we rewind a second because I'm not sure I answered your question the first time. The first, your previous question was whether um, other people, technical writers came from humanities or not. And it's really, it, it's a mix. I will say that. It's been a mix of science people and humanities people. At NASA, it was a mix of communications and uh, liberal arts. And actually one, one was a classic major. So it really varied in journalism as well. So I did it the hard way. They just kind of walked into it. I just applied based on the skill of, as a writer. Okay, the current question, uh, what's in my book? It starts out as a handbook. The first two, two, I'd say the first third or first half of the book is covering the types of tasks you could do on the job, like starting, you know, business correspondence and uh, memos and emails, reports, pr proposals, engineering, white papers, that sort of thing. So it's covering all of those from a business perspective. So it's because obviously a lot of these things they do learn in technical writing class, but these are written with a business mindset. They're written saying, okay, 
here's what you're taught in school. Here's the academic. They, they get the academic version in school. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about here's how these things are done in the real world, in the business world. So that's the first third or first half of the book. And the other half or two thirds of the book really are advice, professional advice on things like uh, interviewing and getting a portfolio together and networking, uh, something I was not good at as a 20-something, retirement planning and taking care of yourself, your mental and physical health on the job, all these things that really are really good to know, but they don't teach you in, in university. So it's not diving into specifics of, say, how to write a user guide or an online help file. It's more at the sort of technical business communication level. Is is that, or is it more the sort of end user orientated documentation? What does it cover in that regard? Sure. Okay. Because obviously I'm not giving them assignments. This isn't written as a, a school textbook. It's really written from, here's how things will look in the real world. If you're asked to write a report or you're asked to research something you've never researched before. It really is helping you walk through the, th- the thinking. What is the business thinking behind writing a letter? For instance, I answered complaint letters for Disney World for five years. And so I have a, a separate sections on, here's how you write a complaint letter, and then here's how you, how you respond to a complaint letter. And then looking at it from the business perspective, like here are the things you would need to do to think about it. Or you're having to research content and you need to know how much to research or whether you've researched enough. It's trying to provide practical tips on those sorts of things from a, okay, now I'm on the job. I've got this job. What do I do? It really is focused as a job primer rather than a, uh, an academic step-by-step. In the blurb about the book, it says that there are six major topics that it covers and the six P's. So what are the six P's and what prompted you to organize the book in that way? Hold on, let me grab my book real quick. <laughs> it's a test, you see. Yeah, it's a test. <laughs> I didn't memorize them. Okay, so your six Ps. Well, you've got products, processes, people, politics, professionalism, pursuing work, and protecting yourself. Originally, it was like the first three. It was really the product, what was I writing? The processes, how do I go about getting the work done in the office? Like, who do I submit it to? And that sort of thing. And then the... Uh, the people in politics, who do I actually have to work with? Who's my subject matter expert? Who's my sub- supervisor? Who's my customer? All that sort of thing. The, and the politics, of course, would be things like, is there any controversy surrounding the product? That sort of thing. When I started adding other things to the book, professionalism is something that's very, it's a hot button for me because I have not always been so professional in my past. I was a bit of a pain in the butt as a kid in my 20s and 30s. Yeah, even in my 30s. And so there's things I'm kind of sharing from a don't do this perspective, <laughs> I'll tell tales of myself about, you know, well, this is something I did I shouldn't have done, and this was the result. Don't do this. Learn from my negative example, don't do this. And then also, um, there's things I see young professionals doing out there in the world and social media that I'm like, ooh, geez, you really shouldn't be sharing that. You shouldn't be saying that you're employed by this person. I'm really trying to, you know, <laughs> elder statesman trying to be helpful. And then pursuing work, that's the whole getting your interviewing skills together and your networking skills together, knowing how to use your network to um, either pursue work, find work, or find a job. And protecting yourself, this is a, a mix of things. It's really, that's what I was talking about, taking care of your physical health on the job, taking care of your mental health. I've lost like 10, 15 pounds over the past five or 10 years because I've learned to take better care of my physical health because nobody else is going to. 
And then on the job, I've worked in some pretty high-stress environments. Defense proposals are particularly stressful because there's usually a tight deadline and there's a lot of people in the room all yelling at you at the same time. And it's really helpful to learn how to maintain your cool and go with the flow and be able to do the work and get it done well and on time. I can imagine they're pretty chunky in size, uh, defense proposals. It, yeah, it depends on the customer. It depends on the project. But yeah, I've worked on some big ones in the aerospace world too, uh, where they get really multiple volumes, three ring binders that are you know, two or three inches thick. There's a lot of work involved in a tight deadline. And so you have to be able to, again, do the work well, but also not stress out. So that's a lot of the protecting yourself. And then also things like negotiating. You know, you're negotiating your rates. How do you do that? Finding insurance for yourself if you're a freelance technical writer like I am, or planning for retirement. These are things they don't teach you again in university, but they really, you know, there are things about looking out for the business of you incorporated. You are a business, essentially, and you need to be able to look out for yourself and know what to do to keep yourself operating. Hmm. I think with the situation we're in now with so many people working from home, not necessarily by choice. Mental well-being is uh, getting more important because there isn't necessarily the support network that you might have in an office environment. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, in some ways, the book is almost a product of the world, of the pre-pandemic world, because it's dealing a lot more with things that we aren't doing right now, like in-person meetings. And again, those proposal situations where they lock you in a small room with five people um, and make you work until the end of the day. Hmm. And you're not doing that now. It's everything's remote and you're having to self-motivate. You've spurted a blog idea there. What are the stressors now that you're on your own? Yes. What do you want the reader to get from the book? Again, the heroic aspect of it, that that's me being a cheerleader and saying, you know, look, English major, you can do this. I remember when I worked, when I was in grad school, it was interesting, talking to other English majors in the, in the program. At the same time, I'd be running into people who were grad students, upper level students, in the literature or fiction area and the fine arts area. And they were like, oh my gosh, I could never be a technical writer. I can't do all that stuff. I'm like, actually, yes, you can. It's a book for liberal arts writers who think I can't, you know, I got a, an English major because I don't like to do math or I can't do math. Why would I want to write about that stuff? And you really you don't have to, you know, they got engineers to do the math. What you're there for is to provide value as a writer. And so this is really teaching the liberal arts major, the English major, that yes, you can make a living at this. No, you don't have to know the math, all, at least not a lot of it. Um, you might have to check somebody's math occasionally. Like, well, it says 10,000 kilograms here. It says 100,000 kilograms there. What do you want? Well, which one do you want to use? I learned rocket science by figuring out this complicated paper, which was the subject, which was the verb, which was the object, and rearranging the words on the page so it sounded better. That's how I learned as an English major how to work with rocket scientists. Because I'm not a scientist. I'm not an engineer. I'm fascinated by the stuff, but I can't do the engineering. And there were a lot of them out there like me. <laughs> so it's really kind of heroic thinking, saying, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can make a living as a technical writer and not worry about going poor as a story writer. You can still do your story writing, just you know, pay the bills with the technical writing. A lot of writing is about a process, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And lots of different things are essentially sausage machines where the stuff goes in at one end and something else comes out at the other. And it's a case of identifying which activity belongs where and what's being pushed in at one end and what appears at the other. And often you don't necessarily need to know a great deal about the innards of what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, that's true. 
because I've written about now automobile sales and professional cheerleading and Mars exploration and rocket propulsion and satellites, stuff I know very little about, actually, but I'm, I'm interested enough that I can make the effort. And professional writing, business writing, I would say, is much is, is different from fiction writing. In fact, that obviously you're not storytelling, but you're storytelling with a specific end in mind. Um, you've got a specific audience that needs to do a specific thing in a specific way, and you're walking them through the process. You're walking them through the thinking so that at the end of reading it, they can recite the regulation, or they can do the task, or they can agree with the management proposal. Were there things that you wanted to write about that you decided to leave out of the book? How did you go through the process deciding what to include and what to leave out? Interestingly enough, I had this discussion with a friend of mine who I, who helped me um, comb the blog. It's the blog, but it's been updated and reshuffled in a book form to be more book-related. I was leaving out anything that you could learn in the, in the classroom. There's some, but very little on the editing side. Like, for instance, the, the mechanics or the, the markings you would use for proofreading and stuff. I'm not, I'm not putting that in there. Because anything you could learn in college or anything you could find online, I would say. This is written very much from, uh, okay, I've already been through the basic instruction. This is for somebody who needs a tip, needs a professional's input saying, you know, I just need a little help. How do I do this? How do I think about this? Because I'm, I'm not trying to step on university professors' toes. They get a lot to do and they do, they do it well. But there's things that they just don't have time to teach. And that's really what the book is about. So it's, I left out the stuff, a, a lot of stuff that you would see in university classrooms. Hmm. How did you decide on a tone or style for it? Because you could go the way of making it like a cookbook, like a manual is, or, or you could go chatty and conversational. Which style did you settle on and why that style? Sure. Well, it's based on the blog and the blog was started in 2011. Again, I use the term elder statesman. I guess I'm 51. I guess that qualifies as elder at this point. It really is trying to provide advice. It's the tech writer on the next bar stool or whatever, or down the street. You can say, look, you know, I just need, I, I just need a professional's advice. I need somebody who's already been there and done that. I just need, you know, their insights. So it really is written in a more casual, here's, you know, here's my take on it. So it's very, it's a much more relaxed tone. It's very, very different from, uh, for instance, um, the Allen and Bacon, tech, which I love, but they're great books. They're very academic. And so it's a very different tone from academic writing. It's written very much from the tone of, a, I'm here to help. I'm the, I'm the guy next door. I'm going to talk to you like I'm going to write the way I would talk to you. I'm not going to write in a very formal way. And the process of writing, you said you didn't write from scratch. You took the contents that you'd written from your blog. Did you write it for, with a Kindle in mind and then the paperback or paperback first? Any particular tools that you use to do this? I, there was some content I, I wrote on the front and back end of the book that were new just to the book. There were a couple of chapters that I wrote were, that, were, that were new to the book that are not in the blog. Uh, so there was that, like the introduction and the ending, obviously. And then um, the language, some, a lot of, every single posting that was in there has been revised in some fashion, either to make it more better transition with the rest of the book or to fit in well or just for uh, improvement's sake. I was going to go electronic. Well, actually, originally I tried to go through traditional publishers and I was really having a hard time getting either a response or a positive response. So I went with self-publishing, which was, again, you know, something new for me. I was going to go with 
electronic first because there wasn't as much, well, I had friends who are authors, they're fiction writers, and they were selling a lot more electronic. Like I've got a friend who's written like 30, 40 books. He's never written a paper book. It's all been electronic, a Kindle. And she's doing fine. So I'm like, okay, I guess electronic isn't, you know, it's pretty much the wave of the future anyway. But then I've got people like me and older who are like, you know what? I don't, I don't read Kindle. I do. I just want paper. So, okay, you know what? It's really hard to autograph a Kindle. Uh, I'll grab some whiteout or something or a, a Sharpie. Scratch the screen. Yeah, right. Exactly. They don't like that so much. And there's really, there's something nice about being able to, you know, have, have a paper book in hand. At or above a certain age, I think a paper book still has a little more gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. And I really, I wanted to have the paper book. I think it's the snob appeal. <laughs> Not going to lie. Something to show the parents. Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that. Yes, exactly. Have you um, arranged for the printing to be done and then you're selling it directly? Or is it print on demand from Amazon? How have you arranged for the, the printing to be done? I did the whole thing through Amazon. It's funny. I had actually helped another friend edit her book and she did the whole thing through Amazon. So I basically, I followed the path she took. Amazon's process is really pretty slick and pretty easy to follow with a few technical glitches here and there, but their system is pretty straightforward. It's print on demand, as you say. Some people have chosen to, hey, I want an autograph copy. So I bought a box of author's copies that I'll sign. And if somebody wants a Wants an, auth- an autographed copy, they can send money through PayPal to me and I'll sign it and send it to them via media mail from my home. And what's the quality of the printing like if you get it done by Amazon? It's really good. It's a trade paperback size and it's, it's as good as anything else I've got on my bookshelf. I'm really pleased with the quality of it. I hired a graphic design cover artist out of Germany, actually, because mm-hmm. I was looking online for a style I wanted and he had a really good style to him. My kid's name is... Mars Dorian. I love the look of it. I selected the off the designer, paid for that. I'm really glad I did that because it's, it's a nice cover. And how did you find him? Was that off a site like a, a Fiverr or something like that or somewhere else? Somebody recommended to me, uh, a fellow uh, writer recommended a page that had book cover artists online. I basically went through the whole list and see whose style that I liked. Then I narrowed it down from there. Hmm. And I really, I wanted the, uh, since I was going with the heroic thing, I really wanted a comic book look to it. So that's how the cover has a, you know, a big pow, like a Batman kind of pow on the uh, cover with the the writer with the cape and stuff. So that was the sort of the whimsical approach to it. I'm really glad I got the uh, the design I did. And it's what, 300 pages? You know, yeah, I underpriced this because I priced it based on uh, eight and a half by 11 pages. I should have priced it based on... uh, the number of pages that actually turned out to be uh, at six by nine inches. Because, yeah, it's about 317 pages. It's a lot of book writing and technical writing. It's it's a handbook. It's meant to be read episodically. I mean, you can read it cover to cover, but it's really meant to be read. I've got a question about research. I've got a question about how do I organize this paper. So it really is written that way. And if people want to get the book, what's the best way for them to order it and find out more? Actually, it's only available through Amazon. That's one of the requirements of their system. It's available in Kindle and paperback. Just look up Heroic, H-E-R-O-I-C, Heroic Technical Writing on Amazon. It should be available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Japan. I don't know if Amazon has an outlet in India. They're like my second largest audience. A lot of readers in India, and I'm really pleased with that. I'd love to have feedback from that audience because they really, 
I get I get questions from them too, and they're always very nice and very polite. So I'm very excited to see if I can sell that book there. Well, Amazon. I've just done a quick search on the web, and Amazon does have a an Amazon.in website. So um, maybe they do books as as well as electronics and other stuff there. Uh, online shopping site in India. Online shop for mobiles, books, etc. So may, uh, maybe. I think that's all the questions I've got. Well, it's very easy to remember heroic technical writing, isn't it? It's not going to get confused with anything else. No, and the cover is kind of distinctive, which I'm pleased. The, the full title is actually Heroic Technical Writing, Making a Difference in the Workplace and Your Life. And if people are doing a search on you, how do they spell your name? Uh, first name is Bart, B-A-R-T, like Simpson. And last name is L-E-A-H-Y. Professional blog where you can buy the book, actually, among other things, and get read the blog is Heroic Tech Writing, T E C H, Heroic Tech Writing.com. And that's really where you'll find uh, my blog and you'll, a little bit about my history and my uh, my resume if you're interested in that, if somebody wants to hire me. Uh, it started out as just a, a marketing site, it's really turned into a blog and a public service blog and really education site. So, and, and now the book. And are there any other questions I should ask you? I think I've gone through all the questions that I had. I don't know what to ask me. Um, you've asked some good questions, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, here's a question you might ask me, mm-hmm. um, because I got this from my class when I was teaching at University of Alabama Huntsville. I don't want to be a technical writer. Why should I put so much work in it? I don't want to be a technical writer. Is this book of any use to me? <laughs> so for those that want to be persuaded that technical writing is a career, how would you persuade them? The people that I know in the business have come from very different lines of work. They've been engineers, they've been scientists, they've been journalists, speech writers, and it really has varied. And people have fallen into technical writing positions because something was available. The book is primarily, obviously, addressed to technical writers, but you might find yourself in a, in a spot where your company doesn't have a technical writer and you've suddenly been asked to help write a proposal or write a, um, write a technical specifications sheet or a report, and, oh, shoot, what do I do now? It can be helpful for anybody who has to do writing in the, in the, in the office. Which is everyone. <laughs> right, exactly. There's a lot. There's still a lot of uh, requirements for writing out there. You don't just graduate college and, oh, yay, no more writing. And there's helpful hints, again, for right. anybody who's trying to get into the professional workplace as far as things like behavior, um, Online, in person, what, how to dress? Uh, yeah, there's a whole thing. There's a couple. There's a chapter in there on just work, uh, fashion choices for the office. So really, yeah, there's there's professional advice in there that's not technical writers uh, focused, and that would be of value to anybody who's getting into a professional line of work. Hmm. Great, lovely. So thank you very much. So again, if people want to find out more about the book, if they go to the Amazon website and search on heroic technical writing. They can find some details. There's a look inside option to look inside it. It's a description of the blurb about the book. And I can see one review, but I think there's actually might be more reviews as well about it. So thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time.